Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Uh, but why don't we this evening turn with me if you would. Let's go to Numbers. I want us to go to Numbers chapter 13. And one of our stories this week, we've got four stories. One of them is on, we did Joshua and Caleb last night since they chronologically were the first. Uh, And these are stories of those who challenged the enemy, conquered the enemy. Uh, Gideon, we talked to, we're going to be talking about him tomorrow. He's a fierce warrior for God. He was raised uh, in a poor family. He seemed like the least likely candidate to, of somebody to be chosen. He had to go against his father to tear down his idols. I mean, we're talking uh, David, who was out with the sheep, the last of the brothers. Uh, God took those that seemed least likely uh, to help the people to help the children of Israel receive and and overtake those that were opposing them. Yes, when we look at these stories, uh, we recognize that the issues and the enemies that they were facing, they brought these upon themselves through disobedience. God allowed uh, other armies and other kings to come in and rule them. But when the people cried out to God, he always answered. And that's a huge key. It doesn't matter how many times you miss it. If you'll put down your pride, humble yourself and say, Father, I need your help. These are people under an old covenant. They did not have the same promise as you and I. They had a lesser covenant. But every time they cried out, God raised up a man. He raised up a woman that came along and said, this is what the voice of the Lord has said. And this is what we're going to do. Amen. And they were bold in faith and they received the victory that God had spoken, had, you know, spoken to the prophet, spoken to the one that he had raised up. Uh, That victory was obtained. So tonight I want us, last night we talked about Joshua and Caleb. I want us to look at something here with Joshua and Caleb because really I'm I'm so stirred up about all of them. We could spend about three hours and I, I probably wouldn't exhaust it. And I'm just so excited. And then, you know, you get like 30 minutes to put everything you got into the you know, into the kids. Uh, And so that's why I say we're just believing for those seeds uh, of the word that are going to produce a harvest in their life, that they're going to know, I can have the victory. I have the victory by faith. We having that same spirit of faith, we believe, therefore we speak. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. They're learning these passages, that these apply to them. And uh, But if we look here in Numbers chapter 13, verse 25, the spies had been sent into the land. How many of you know that the promised land represents uh, prosperity, healing, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, being taken out of Egypt? That demonstration is a, a type, it's, it's the, uh, the example of Christ bringing us out of bondage, bringing us out, uh, delivering us from hell, delivering us uh, from the power of the enemy. But God didn't just deliver us from the power of the enemy. He's delivered us into 
more, greater, abundance. Jesus said, I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. And Christianity, the religion, has talked, uh, taught us, uh, you know, a Savior. There is a Savior, but they've left it at what the Savior did. And if you just receive that, and some have even veered away from that. But there's so much more. The Savior gave us so much more. And that's what this is demonstrating, is that when we see the children of Israel come up to this promised land, this promised land represents for your life. All that God has made yours. When it says he took, himself took our, our sicknesses. He took, he bore it on the cross. That's what this is symbolizing. When it, it says he was pay, made poor, that we might be made rich. That is not talking about spiritually poor. That is talking about naturally. He took on and he bore poverty. So that you can walk in richness. And that's what, they're coming up to this. They're right here, right at the Jordan. And they're ready to go in. How many times do we come up to a situation and we come right up to, we, we even know the promise that's ours, but we fail to step over. We fail to, uh, God has not failed, but we fail to walk into it by faith. It falls on our face. So I want us to look at that tonight so that we can never fail again. There is a way to never fail again. There's a way to never be defeated by sickness, by disease, by any need, by lack. There is a way to never fail again. And there were two who stood in the face of doubt and unbelief and fear in an entire nation. And they still held on to their faith. Talk about patience. We receive through love and patience. <laughs> uh, let's look at verse 25. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel into the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. So they bring back. They bring back. How many of you, you say, you know, I've seen God do some things in my life. You can, you can say, you know when God, maybe, you know, especially early on in a believer's life, God will work certain miracles for that, that Christian because they're a baby. They don't fully understand. And he'll undertake for them in some spectacular ways. But the spectacular is not how God is looking for us to live our life. He's looking for us to wake up every day in the face of every no, every opposition, and with peace say, Father, I thank you. I thank you. You are my provider. Father, I thank you. No matter what my body feels like, I am healed. I am, I am, I am. I have the great I am inside of me. So I am healed. Amen. So, nevertheless, verse 20, the people be strong and dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Am Amalekite Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites dwell in the mountains and the caves. Isn't that amazing how much they remember? of where all their opposition was and they can tell you every they said here's the fruit but let me tell you about the let me tell you about the opposition 
Let me tell you. Let me tell you what's going on over there. They remember where the Jebusites were and, uh, you know, the, the Hittites. All, all, they, they, could, they could have probably drew, draw, drawn a map, you know, and shown everybody, see, we have no strategy. Isn't that sad? But how we've mapped out every symptom, every bill, every last dime, that our income says we can have. And we can tell you when every bill is due. We can tell you when we feel the worst. We can, we can tell everybody what websites we went to and what we saw and what, the, what it said. You know what I'm saying? Been there, done that. Because we spent more time studying what the devil has offered instead of putting it down, going right here. Amen? And Caleb, verse 3, stilled the people before Moses. You got to still your mind. It's so really, that's what, he, what he's representing. He's got, you got to settle your mind, still your mind. He stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. He did not talk one bit about the opposition here. But the men that went up with him said, We. Be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. God, listen, God is not asking for what you're able to do. He said, we are not able. He is not asking for what you are able. Stop looking at your finances to tell you what you're able to do. I'm not able to give. I'm not able to have that. I'm not able to buy that. I'm not able uh, uh, to get up like that. I'm not able to go to bed like that. I'm not able to have that kind of relationship. I'm not able. I'm not able. He's not looking for your ability. In Christ's ability is where we should find ourselves. It is. We, people think it's humility. They, they honestly think it's humility to recognize all the things that they can't do. I can't do this and I can't. But with God, if you'd stop even talking about what you can't do, let's just look right at God. It's really, uh, it, it can turn into pride, you know, because you're so consumed with yourself. Anytime you're consumed with yourself and your situation, there's an element of pride there. You got to get your eyes off of you. Humble people... Humble people are bold in the face of opposition. Religion has taught us that humility and tried to paint humility as timidity. Humility is bold because humility recognizes, oh, it's not me. <laughs> let me tell you, but let me, let me tell you, though, but who it is. I'm going to talk to those bills. I'm going to talk to that need. And let me tell you what it is, what it's going to do, what it's going to be like. So humility is not timid. Humility is bold. Jesus was humble, and he was called the lion of the tribe of Judah. <laughs> Jesus was humble, and he went in, and when they were doing wrong in the, the synagogue, he let them know this is going to be a house of prayer. You're not treating God's house this way. He was bold to heal on the Sabbath. <laughs> he was bold to take and give of, uh, of what was God's unto somebody who everybody looked like they didn't deserve it. So don't look at yourself and say, well, I don't deserve it. Jesus was bold to give those who didn't look the rest of. What about blind Bartimaeus? Sit down, be quiet, shut up. 
Why? Because you don't have the capability. We've been following Jesus. How many of you know that's what people were saying? We've been following Jesus all day. We've been following him, wandering. We packed our lunch. What are you doing? Getting up and shouting at him to come and stop for you. Who do you think you are? Jesus said, I'm bold enough to stop this entire crowd and heal the two that the others said be quiet. Amen. Stop the whole crowd on the way to heal, uh, to heal a man with some status, to heal his daughter. He stopped for a woman that shouldn't have even been in public. Boldness. Boldness. See, he was the most humble man. They've painted Christ all wrong. Because humility recognizes it is not me, but Christ that's in me, the hope of glory. The glory is on the inside of me, and I'm going to draw that out, and I'm going to do it boldly. Amen? Look here, it says, verse 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up, uh, that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came uh, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. Here they are talking about what they look like in comparison. Stop talking about what your finances look like in comparison to what God said is yours. Don't talk about that. Don't look at that. You understand what I mean by that? Don't meditate on that. In verse 14, we, oh, I got more time. Well, I didn't know what time it was. And all, I haven't even gotten in my notes, so that's why I'm trying to. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. When uh, you look, you hear what answer was given to you. <laughs> Something that seems outside of your control. At this point, because not everybody went in, but those that wept, it was because it seemed like this is out of our control. Now what? You know, you understand, they didn't have this, the spirit indwelling them. They didn't have a peace, you know, a, a green light and a red light. As Brother Hagen taught us, Dad Hagen taught us, follow. If you get a check, something, you know, they had to be led by signs. They had to be led by fleeces. They had to be led by somebody, a, a voice in their life that was hearing from God. See, we now have the voice of the spirit. We have his spirit, as it says in Romans, his spirit bearing witness with our spirit. You can trust the leading of your spirit. How do you become more accurate? By reading the word and praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're not confident, you read and you meditate on God's word and you pray in the Holy Ghost. That's how you can learn to define the difference between the voice, outside voices, uh, the voice in your head, the voice uh, that's coming from people around you, and the voice that is your spirit. They didn't have this. So that night, all they hear is the loudest voices, which was the ten talking to them. That's it. Because... Uh, uh, Caleb and Joshua's were silenced among, you know, the majority. And so they're crying. So, you know, you can't look at them and say, how could they do that? Well, 
that was the loudest voice. God, at this point, God's voice got a lot quieter. And uh, so we don't want to get upset because the whole congregation was weeping. We probably would have done the same thing. And like I said, I've been there when the loudest voice, you know, when we were endeavoring to buy our home, oh my gosh, no was the loudest voice. <laughs> you know, uh, the paperwork was the loudest voice. The no's, all the reasons why. And, and to push forward sometimes uh, just to keep going uh, just generated a few tears. <laughs> you know, and I've talked about that. It wasn't that I was mad or upset. It's just I realized I can't do it. I can't do this myself. Help me, Father. Help me. You know, the pressure is so great. The timeline is so short. How many of you times have we been there? How many of you been there? The pressure is great and the timeline is short. And... Uh, with that, it's not doesn't mean doubt and unbelief. With them, it did. But I want you to understand and I want you to know that there are times that you can get before God, get on your face before him and say, Father, help me, help me. And you'll sense his spirit move on you. And you may weep, you may laugh, you may rejoice, but God will meet you at that place. He'll meet you there. And it says uh, in verse three, and where ha whereof hath the Lord brought us in into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey, were it not better for us to return unto e into Egypt. And they said to one another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation and the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of uh, Jephunneh, which were of them that searched land, rent their clothes. They spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. You got to get people around you that'll talk about the promise. If the Lord delight in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it us. Notice they didn't say we can work for it. Oh, come on, guys, we got this. We can do this. We can take this. We can have this. Uh, uh, we, we, we. No, they didn't even look at themselves. They said He will bring us into this land and give it to us. This is the statement of faith we should live by. If two men under the old covenant can speak it, then certainly we can get up in the face of symptoms, in the face of opposition, and say, he, get, will, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. The only difference is we can say, he gave it to me. He gave it to me. Because what Jesus did is all past tense. He give it, he and give it to us. He will bring us in this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Notice no talk of the opposition, no talk of the giants, no talk of where everybody's living, where everybody's at, no talk of the lay of the land, no talk of how they can and where, well, we could maybe if we do this. There's no ifs. There's no ifs. There's no, there's none of man's plans that ever came out once of Joshua and Caleb's mouth. Get man's plans out of your thought life and out of your mouth. Find out what is God's plan. If you don't know it, 
pray in the spirit until you locate it, till you draw it out. Amen. Only, verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense and shadow of protection is removed from over them, but the Lord is with them, uh, is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb with stones, but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting before all the Israelites. Now, I want you to look down because we don't have time uh, to go into what... Um, what Moses said, but look at verse 24. Well, look at verse 23. Surely, this is the Lord speaking. Surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give their fathers, nor shall any who provoked, spurned, and despised me see it. But my servant Caleb, and if you don't have this underlined, underline this, because he has a different spirit has followed me fully. I will bring into land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully. We having the same spirit of faith. We have the same, are you of a different spirit? Are you... Uh, the scripture says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but we could say a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. What is it? Acts chapter one, verse eight, you know, that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit. So tonight I want you to understand that you have power. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The same spirit of faith. These men were tapping into the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. They were tapping into the same spirit of faith that Abraham had. They were tapping into a different spirit. You can tap into a different spirit. I don't care what spirit. And you understand, I'm talking about weird stuff. I'm talking about a spirit of doubt and unbelief. I'm talking about a spirit of uh, self-loathing and, and looking that, that spirit that comes in and, and people, all they do is look at their past and all the mistakes they made and how they can't. You know, the, the spirit will energize that. A, an evil spirit will energize that. But even your own mind will have its own will. It'll have its own, it'll want to get off in a direction that will violate really what the Spirit of God is trying to lead you to do. Amen? So, I'll go through some of these notes here. What you say determines where you can go. So what Joshua and Caleb said determined where they could go. There were ten spies, but faith was found in the few. There were 10 spies, but faith is found in the few. So know that about your own life. You know, um, and I wrote this down. The majority said there wasn't any way they could receive what was theirs. But the majority said no. The majority said there wasn't a way they could receive, but the minority said that there was a way. Through God, there was a way. Okay? When we were in the process of 
you know, buying our house. And we've told this testimony, we've told parts of this testimony because there was such a tremendous timeline um, on a such great pressure. We had a month um, to either purchase it or move out. And um, we knew it was God's promise for us. That was the deciding factor. You know, do you, I love something, you know, Brother Jesse Duplantis said. He said, I don't believe in God, I believe God. At that point, when you're under pressure, it didn't really matter that I believe in God. (laughs) Because we got those folks mail after they left, and they looked like they believed in God too. Just, you know, they went to a different, you know, different congregation, different church. I'm not saying it was bad, but they believed in their, their, um, uh, their denomination or their religion, if I could say it that way, believed in God. So how do I know? If I just believe in God, how do I know God didn't want them to have the house back? Difference was I believed what God said. I believed God. I believed God. We believed God. We didn't believe in God. We believed God that that was our promise. I'm going to tell you something. Your doctor may believe in God, but the deciding factor is, are you going to believe in God? Or are you going to believe God? Because he may give you a diagnosis and he believes in God, but you have to stand up in the face of that diagnosis and say, <clears throat> you may believe in God, but I believe God. I believe what he said. I not only believe what he said, I believe what he did. I believe what he did. And uh, so the majority, listen, the majority of people said no. They said no to us. They said no uh, on buying it. They said no when we were on a time crunch to refinance it. They said no. Lenders, the, sa- the lender that we got said no to us. You understand? They said no. And here we are today with a loan from their lending institution. But I'm going to tell you something because I, I got to thinking about there were two people involved in our transaction, only two, and both of them believed. They both believed. I'm not talking about me and my husband. I'm talking about one person from our church and one person who does not understand faith. Those two people fought with us, agreed with us. One didn't even understand, thought we were crazy, but every day he woke up and fought for us to get that loan. Two people. We found two people. That's all we needed was two people to agree with us. You don't need a whole prayer team. You don't need a whole family. You don't need, you know, somebody travailing for you, somebody, you know, interceding, you know, making supplication. Because I tell you what, one of them really wasn't doing much with their faith. They just, I just needed their action. You just make the action. And then Miss Donna hung on for the ride. And she pressed with her own faith. She pressed with her knowledge. She pressed with everything she had. She pressed with us. We only needed two people. Make sure you're not bringing too many people, too many voices. Because when you're ready to shout, they may start crying. When it's time to rejoice they may not be able to take the pressure. You know what I'm saying? 
When it's time to make an act of obedience, when it's time to sow a seed, when it's time to step out and make a step, we heard Pastor Nancy talking about Sunday. You really, what she was saying is get full of the word. And when the spirit of God says, go, you go. A lot of people want to be there. They want to pump you up. They want to preach you the word. They want to get excited about the word. And then when the gas pedal needs to be pushed and it's time to go, they scream and jump out of the car. (laughs) We had a lot of people who wanted to bail on us and tried to bail. But see, my faith kept them in my car. No, 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 you're not going anywhere. (laughs) I'm not done with you. We haven't crossed the finish line yet. You just put your seatbelt on. You're going to loan me that money. (laughs) Yeah. Only two people agreed with us. Again, one wasn't even, as far as I know, didn't really. They they trusted us and the calls on our, they had enough honor. Let me say this. They had enough honor, uh, as people would say, for for clergy or for a pastor. You know, they, they were honorable but they didn't understand. <laughs> you don't have to just uh, understand everything to just act. This man didn't understand. He, I was not even the one that heard the no. You understand, this man heard no on our behalf every single day sometimes. He heard no for us. Can you, oh my gosh, if a man who does not go to church and does not hear faith can still keep going at the voice of no. What are we doing? I have to ask myself that. What am I doing? What am I letting talk to me? What am I letting back me up? Did the bill show up in the mail and sit on the counter and you won't even look at it because you're afraid it's going to talk to you? This man had people's voices telling him, you're crazy. Those preachers are crazy. They don't make enough money. They need more income. What are they doing? It's never going to happen. He received the opposition. He received the giants. He took on the giants for us. And God, I didn't even have to speak to them. I didn't even have to take them on. He just asked me to believe him. He just asked me to stay in faith. That's all he asked me to do. That's all he's asking you to do. Know what your part is and stay out of everything else. Stay out of it. It was not my job. When I stopped looking for somebody's yes, let me say it this way. Because every day I wanted a yes. Why? Because yes would bring relief. Every day. When I finally, oh, if I could just get a yes today, if we can get a yes today, months go by. When we were refinancing our house and the pressure's on, we got a timeline, months go by. If I can just get a yes today, if I can get a yes today, if I can get it, I'm just looking for the yes, you looking for for the yes, I just want the yes. But the day I realized I need to stop looking for the yes and rest in the amen, that's when it came. That's, that, at the end of 2018, when I settled on the amen, that was it. No, this thing's done. No, this thing's done. I'm done looking for a yes. I'm done waiting on an outside voice to tell me what is already mine. Done. So when that amen, I, I realize I'm missing. God's promises are yes and amen. Amen came last. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go on the finished part. 
The amen, the yes is what sent Jesus. The amen is what he finished. I'm going with what he finished. Amen. So when I just decided, you know what? It's an amen for me. I'm tired of sitting around and being anxious, waiting for a yes. It's already a yes. It's my job to rest. That's my job. Stay out of somebody else's part. Stay out of God's part. So the 10 spies, the children of Israel didn't believe the promised land was theirs. And this is very important. If you have to write it down, the children of Israel didn't believe the promised land was theirs because it wasn't in their possession. Huge key. The children of Israel didn't believe the promised land was theirs because it wasn't in their possession. That's why people question healing because they haven't had the manifestation. The actual healing they think is not in their possession. What they don't realize is you've possessed everything that heaven and self enjoys. It's already on the inside of you. You're supposed to know what is your possessions. Listen, you're supposed to know what is your possessions through promises, not through manifestations. I'm going to say that again. You're supposed to know what is your possessions through promises, not through manifestations. If you're waiting for manifestations to know what your promises are and what your possessions are, you're going about the, the mountain all, all wrong. You're trying to get into what God has for you all wrong. You're supposed to know what is your possessions through what? Right here. Through the promises. This is how I know what my possessions are. This is how I know. Not through the manifestations. So you're free from waiting around for manifestations. You're free from that. You're free from that. Is the house yours? Was it promised? Is the healing yours? Was it promised? So you know what's promised. You know what's in your possession through the promises. That means you don't have to have a manifestation. You don't have to get excited just for a manifestation. You can get excited at the promise. Because the promise tells me what's already in my possession. It's in my possession. You have to ask, how would I act if that was in my possession? What would I do if that was in my possession? Amen? How would I respond if it was in my possession? I'm going to tell you, get in the word because it is in your possession. You possess everything that heaven itself enjoys. That's what the promise says. Amen? God has already provided healed. God has already provide, provided uh, deliverance. God's already, you know what? Notice this. We don't say God hasn't saved them yet. We know, that, we know not to say that. God hasn't saved them yet. Then why would we say God hasn't healed them yet? God's, God hasn't provided for me yet. You may not say it out your mouth, but we can certainly think it in our thought life. Why hasn't God brought the manifestation? That's really what we're saying. Why hasn't he brought the manifestation? Why hasn't he brought the manifestation? We would never say, why hasn't God saved that person? No, it's not that God hasn't saved them. They haven't received salvation. No, receiving is an act of taking what's already mine. Uh, 
God has already provided, healed, delivered, and saved. It's just not been received. This was their problem. They wouldn't receive, they wouldn't receive, they wouldn't receive the promised land. It was already provided. It was already told it was there. They wouldn't receive. God performed, God performed the promise Now listen, because this applies to us through Christ, God through Jesus, my Savior. You have to to take it personal, my Savior. Everybody say, my Savior. savior. Say, he's my King. He's my my Lord. He's my my everything. everything. God through Jesus performed the promise, provided Right, give you three things. He performed the promise. He provided the promise. He perfected the promise. You understand God's promises are perfect for you. So, so don't quit. If I could say it this way, don't quit receiving. Don't stop when the debt partially gets paid off. Don't stop when, when, when symptoms seem to be subsiding. You just keep going at it. You just keep uh, uh, speaking the word over your, over your body, over your finances. You keep rehearsing those promises because he perfected the promise. You got to let that promise be fully perfected in your body, in your, in your mind, in your finances. God performed the promise. He provided the promises. He perfected the promises. Then he gave you his power to receive them. The Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so detrimental for believers to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because it's through the infilling of the Spirit. It's through the Spirit of God filling us up. That's why it's hard when you're empty. When you've not prayed in the Spirit. When you've not taken time to rejoice. Every time you worship. Every time you rejoice. Every time you shout by faith. The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit fills up that praise fills up that worship. Do you have scripture? Yes. He inhabits the praises of his people. How does he inhabit them? Through his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is power. God's spirit is power. And every time you act in accordance with the Holy Spirit, power begins to flow. So he has Performed the promise, provided the promise. Listen, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. We could say this, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Performed the promise, provided the promise, perfected the promise, and he gave you his power to receive them. Now, before we close, I want to let you know, what are the giants? You know, really for us, looking back, the giants weren't, weren't the bank. The giants, you know, the giant is really not the sickness in your body. Because while you're meditating and you're dwelling on the sickness in your body, you've forgotten that healing lives in there too. That, that sickness has already been swallowed up in healing. It has. It has. Sickness has been swallowed up in healing. On the day Jesus Christ came out of that grave, sickness was swallowed up in the healing power of God. Amen. 
So your giant really is not the sickness. And that's, that, that was their issue. They kept looking at the giants. The giant was really not who was in the land. The giant was their doubt and unbelief. Their giant was their thought life. I'm going to give you three, we, call them, we could call them giants, or three inhabitants that are going to keep you out. Number one is your mind. Your mind, which is doubt, fear, and number, the third part of that is lack of knowledge. Sometimes, Pete, you just have lack of knowledge. You say, I, you know, I know what God, I believe, I don't just believe in God, I believe God. Why am I struggling? You may need more knowledge. You might need more knowledge. It's not that you're having doubt about whether God will, or he can, or he wants to. You're not in fear about anything, but you're struggling with lack of knowledge. Uh, your struggle with lack of knowledge is still going to be an inhabitant in your, in your mind. Still going to live up there, that lack of knowledge. Doubt, fear, it can have, inhabit the mind. Number, th- number two, your mind is number one. N- number two is your past. Your past. That's another giant that raises its ugly head. Where you failed, where your family failed, where you've missed it before. Number three is your pride. There's, there's probably more, but those are the three primary things. Your mind obviously is number one. These are the giants. These are the inhabitants that keep us out of the promise, that, that keep you from, we could say it this way, keep you from cooperating with the power on the inside of you to lay hold of that promise. So these are the keys. Just, you know, just so you have, I mean, I understand, you know, this was a good, we, we need good preaching. We need good teaching. But, uh, you know, I didn't want to just... With that, I didn't want to just leave you with, you know, great preaching message and we not know how to, how to get past those giants. Amen. Amen. Through the word of God. Through the word of God. It's going to take God's word. We see with Joshua and Caleb, there were two men who all, all they needed was the word. That's it. And we know that to be true because in Joshua 1, chapter 8, that's what God gave him. Just meditate on the word, Joshua. Just meditate on the word. Just meditate on the word. So in going along and, and, and being kind of, you know, cohesive with what Pastor Nancy has been preaching the last three Sundays on, you know, receiving from God through uh, renewing our mind with the word and through receiving through the word. This kind of goes and coincides with that. That victory is ours. The promises have already been perfected. They've been performed. They've been uh, given to us. And uh, you've got to decide whether or not you're going to stay outside of the manifestation or are you just going to go on in and lay hold regardless. You don't need a manifestation to tell you something is yours. You don't need that. If I just get a manifestation, if I could just, if we could just, you know, if I could, we, we've got all these things that we say in our thought life, been there, you know, I've done that, that we say to ourselves that we think are going to help us with our faith in receiving from God. Yeah. Only thing we need is faith in God's word. What, what was it, um, um, Shambach, remember his saying, all you need, you have no trouble. 
You have no problems. You have no trouble. You have no sickness. You have no lack. All you need is faith in God. All you need is faith in God. He was basically simplifying (laughs) this message in a simplified form. (laughs) Amen. I'm so glad that God's word has shown me. God has not left us in the dark, but he has shown us through stories, through uh, not just stories, but real life. This is real life, and that's what we're teaching these kids. This really happened. God really performed everything he said he was going to. As you go on and read there in Joshua, and, he, and you uh, look through the, the subsequent books where he uh, helped these men of God that came up, God did what he said he was going to do. He fought their, their battles. He, he put victories. He laid them in their laps. You know, the enemy was oftentimes scared off, you know, frightened. But when somebody came up that says, I believe God's word, I believe God, not I believe in God, I believe God, then we can see victory every time. Amen. Amen. Uh, we'll go ahead and stand with me to your feet this evening. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the light that we have tonight on what is ours in Christ Jesus. Oh, we're so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, because you defeated sickness. Jesus, you defeated poverty. You defeated depression. You defeated oppression. You defeated lack. You defeated every need that man was ever going to face. You provided. And Father, we thank you that you have provided for us. We rejoice and we are grateful in that provision. Thank you, Father. 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 We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the promise. We thank you for the promise. We thank you. We thank you. Just be thanking of a promise that you need to manifest. All you need to do is meditate on that promise. Don't look to the manifestation. Meditate on the promise. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the promise. We thank you, Father, for the promise. We believe, God. We believe, God. We believe your word. We trust in your word. We trust in your word. We trust in your word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the power that's moving on our behalf. We thank you for that power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is working in our bodies, working in our finances, working in our families, working in our marriages, working in our businesses. That power is greater than any opposition. That power is greater than every symptom. That power is greater than every need. That power is greater. And the greater one is on the inside of me. The greater one is working for me. The greater one is flowing out of me. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the greater, the greater, the greater, the greater, Father. In this new day, we will receive of greater. We will receive of greater. We will receive of greater. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. you. Hallelujah. 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 
that comes as you begin to get your eyes off of even for a moment you get your eyes off of you you get your mind off of the giants you get your mind you you get rid of those inhabitants in your thought life and you begin to look towards heaven you begin to look to the greater one you begin to look to the word have you noticed as you begin to do that power you sense power you sense power Amen. That's the anointing. And it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. The anointing even just in one moment, yoke broken. Just in one moment. If you'll stick with it, again, you stick with the receiving. It's not that I'm trying to get healed. I'm sticking with the receiving. There's a difference. Some say, I'm trying to get healed. I need to confess the scriptures. I need to confess over my body because they're trying to get healed. No, you just need to receive the healing. How about this? Draw out the healing. That's what I'm doing. If you'll picture that every time you begin to praise and worship, every time you speak the word, it's not just a confession. It's drawing out healing. Every time I confess the promise of healing, that it's mine, I'm drawing out healing. Every time I praise, I'm drawing out healing. Every time I speak over my finances, it's not just a confession. I'm drawing out provision. I'm drawing out the promise. I'm drawing out the anointing that's in that word. Amen. And it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. You can have the anointing. Yes, we're here at a corporate anointing, but you can have this in your home. You can have this when you go to bed. You can have this when you wake up in the middle of the night. You can have this when you wake up at 5 a.m. You can have this when you're driving to work. In fact, if you do go to work, I would recommend you get this. I would recommend moms, as you're raising your kids, you get this in your household. Isn't that what Brother Copeland said? To walk around your house, praising, speaking the word, rejoicing, so you can have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your home. The outpouring of the Spirit should never be solely for the local church. The outpouring of the Spirit should be in the home. It can be in the home. So that when you leave the home and you come to the local church, guess what? Everybody's outpouring comes together. Everybody's outpouring that's been in their home comes together. Multiplied power. Multiplied anointing. Multiplied availability. So that those who don't know how to have it in their home, they walk in here. And as soon as they walk in that door, healing begins to manifest in their body. As soon as they walk in that door, something 
something on the inside of them begins to change. Suddenly their mind becomes straight. Suddenly their body begins to have changes. Suddenly they begin to see things differently. Because the word is powerful. And when they walk in where the word is, the Holy Spirit can begin immediately to do a work. Immediately do a work. Go ahead, somebody. If you want to respond, go ahead. Go ahead.
taught about the power that comes with it. Woo! Can you imagine? I mean, I, I just don't know when, when you realize there's power that comes along with the Word of God to, to, to handle your situation. And then we learn about not only about the power, but how to draw it out. How to draw it out. How to get it moving. How to get it flowing. How to, how to, when you don't feel it, you know what? When you respond to the Spirit of God, you can get a feeling. You start, feelings follow, folks. Feelings are not a leader. They're a follower. If you're waiting to be led and have the, the feelings be your leader, you'll be led right into poverty. You'll be led right into sickness. Feelings are a follower. My feelings follow the Word of God. My feelings follow what comes out of my spirit. My feelings follow. They follow. Amen? That's what this is a demonstration of. We're feeling, you came in here feeling some things tonight. Pressure, symptoms, depression, frustration, sadness. You came in feeling some things, but you're leaving with your feelings, following behind you, going, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I don't have to feel that way anymore. I don't have to feel that way anymore. Amen? Faith changes your feelings. Don't ever let your feelings change your faith. Faith changes my feelings. They're supposed to change my feelings. You don't let your feelings change your faith. Amen? Well, it's 8.20, and we got to sign those kids out by 8.30. So I hate to shut it down, but you know what? We got to, what did the doctor you say? We got to go so we can come back. We'll be back on Sunday. <laughs> Bring the anointing. Bring the anointing. Amen. Let's go be doers of the word. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.